just a quick disclosure to share in conjunction with this podcast. Each of us are speaking to our personal experiences and do not consider ourselves experts and cannot offer medical, therapy, financial, or legal advice. We represent a wide range of experience on the autism spectrum and will always honor each perspective that is brought to our discussions. Our experiences, opinions, and perspectives are all unique and different and will be celebrated. Thank you so much for listening and connecting with us. Thank you. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Navigating Adult Autism. We are here today with Heather, Dawn, Tara, Elizabeth, and Kara, and my name is Mary. And Cynthia is not here tonight. We miss her. But we are a bunch of moms with lots of opinions, lots of perspective, and a lot of experience. And tonight, we're just going to continue our transportation issue and um, talk about a lot of maybe our non-drivers, because it is um, a big issue, and there's different options out there, and sometimes with difficulty just getting that option completed. So I'm going to jump it over to Heather and talk about how you felt with Zachary turning 16. And, you know, he is a nonverbal or profound, whatever you prefer. Yeah. So uh, profound is fine. He's on the profound end of the spectrum. So driving was not even an option, nothing that we prepared for. We knew that wasn't going to be an option once the time came. Uh, But I will say for those parents in that, you know, same road as us, one thing that we um, one one thing that we did was basically we <laughs> we left the state. That's what we did. So um, it was one of those times where I was a little bit mad at the world. I will be honest. Right. Uh, a lot of milestones can come and go, and I really I'm you know too into my own like what we need to do for Zachary at the time to really worry about it. But driving was just one of those things where you think about, like, kids just getting their freedom. Because that's what I thought the first day I drove. I was like, oh, this is great. Mm -hmm. Yeah, my parents don't even know where I am. Because it was, well, it was the 90s, I guess. But anyway, uh, so, so, yeah, I was frustrated and a little mad at the world. So we just decided to go, of all places, to Disney World. Um, Which sounds like a crazy kind of thing to do. Happiest place on earth. Yes. And we had been there once when he was really little and it was actually magical for all three of us. So that's where we went back. We made 16 birthday t-shirts and we um, spent a week at Disney World. Was it way more difficult than when he was little? Yes. There was a lot of crying. There was a lot of, but we had some great moments too. So I was glad to kind of get out of regular life and not have to think about it. So anyway, that was our that was our little coping mechanism. Um, but so since he doesn't drive, um, it would be up to, you know, Michael and I, his parents, to drive him wherever. I have always worked full time um, since before he was born. And so um, to be able, you know, for him to participate in different therapies and things like that, that, you know, they don't usually happen at night, he would need assistance. So we've had family members like my my parents, my dad specifically, they live an hour and a half away. He would drive quite a bit of the time, an hour and a half one way just to come and help, you know, kind of transport. Now that he's, you know, an adult and he has a waiver and he's got staff, they drive him during the day to the activities that we'd like for him to participate in now that he's out of high school. So, um, and that can be nerve wracking. I think I would 
really prefer to be the one that's driving him around. <laughs> so that would make me happiest. But, um, but you know, sometimes he's got to go with other people. And so um, the staff, the direct support professionals that, um, you know, hang with him while I'm working, they take him all over the place. And um, I believe it's a class E license that they have to have to be able to do that. And so they have to take a little bit more, um, you know, I guess an extra test to get that. I passed it. Yeah. So okay. it's, it's, yeah, oh, it's, yeah. Pretty doable. There you go. So, um, so that's a little bit of reassurance, but yeah, so there's some stress about, and I think we've, we talked about two in the previous, it's just trusting everybody. It doesn't matter whether it's a transportation company or it's an individual or whatever. If you have basically a nonverbal kid that can't communicate any, anything about his day, he can't tell me how safe they are. Or did they just about, you know, blow Mm -hmm. through a stop sign or I don't get any of those reports, so it can be an anxious thing, but but that's how he does it now. You could always do one of those cams in their car and say it's required if you're going to take them. Yeah, right? I think it probably depends go, on the provider, GoPro? like a GoPro. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so we use a, a local service provider. We're not self-directed, which I know Elizabeth is, and she yeah. might be able to. She may have more leeway in that area because I'm not sure what the rules are really for that. Yeah, and as far as like looking, you know, and watching, observing, I I don't know, you know, I mean, if your child has any kind of um, device, GPS type, if they're carrying a phone, if they have other, you know, for those that elope and and may take off a lot of times, there are devices that are on the individual. But as far as um, like a video, you know, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I can see where providers that might get kind of tricky, although Mm -hmm. I did have an appointment today and it was about video monitoring and, and the waiver, the only video monitoring. You can't put a video uh, monitoring system in a bedroom or a bathroom, but they said really anywhere else. So it might hmm. be, it might be possible, you know, that's something we probably can can kind of look up and, and discuss. But that would be something, yeah, you would discuss with your individual service provider. And then as Heather was saying, we, you know, we use self-directed services. So that's where we have that waiver funding through the Department of Mental Health, but we are able to, we have um, a budget and are able to hire those, you know, individuals to do those services. We had one, one wonderful young man and he was so excited and wanted to teach Nathan all the independent skills he could. So he taught him, well, when we stop, he can get out of the car on his own. So every stoplight, every stop sign, it became oh, a danger. So, my. you know, these are things that, you know, that we have to think about. And some things, you know, we can't, we don't see that coming. Not, I didn't see it coming. No. But all of a sudden I'm like, why is he opening the door every time we stop? And so we had to put, you start using the child locks again and, and use those for him. So wow. it was really, yeah, it was really interesting. Mm-hmm. Sometimes when you, you're excited and you're moving forward, you're actually kind of, Moving backwards. So he was taught a skill, but took it too far. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Interesting. Exactly. Hmm. Yeah. That's, yeah. And that's hard. Like with your nonverbal, you know, my son was able to tell me one time that when he was on an employment search with a provider that they had to stop at, he named a really nice jewelry store that they had to stop at. And I said, well, why in the world were you at the jewelry store? Well, so-and-so had to check on a ring for his girlfriend. Oh, okay. Well, I'm glad. On the clock. On the clock. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I empathize with you without, you yeah. know, with Zachary not being able to tell you. I think the level of trust, I think that's what's difficult mm-hmm. to handle. Mm-hmm. But that's with all things. Right. 
you know? Right. Yeah. And you went through your little mourning period at 16, knowing that. Yeah, I definitely did. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. where you went to Disney You know, World. college yeah. and stuff like sure. that, that didn't really phase me. But I would yeah. say 16 is just one of those really big cultural moments that we all think that happens to everybody. Right. Mm-hmm. So when it doesn't happen, I don't know, that was one of the things that got me. Yeah. I think we, and that's another topic for later to the milestones and what got you and whatnot, because yeah. I can name one right now. I won't because it's not the topic for tonight, yeah. but yeah. one that really got me as well. Yeah. So, um, yeah, Dawn, yeah. you want to speak about driving, yeah. transportation? So my son, JR, again, is 26. Uh, he's verbal. He's holding a competitive job, so he's making 13 bucks an hour. Janitor of stockroom. Yeah. I think we talked about that but the last. We did. Yes. But just to state where he's at, he has words. He can express his wants. But like Zach, it's not necessarily that he's going to tell me. And so that means I have to, you know, go back and do a social autopsy. Yes or no questions on. <laughs> I like that. You know what? Social autopsy. What? <laughs> That's a good one. That is good. It, well, it's in the Brenda Smith Miles book. So we were talking oh. about. So a social autopsy and... And JR is very particular about what he says anyway. Right. Yes. Okay. So 2018, I started a new job. I like my job. I work for a CPA firm. And, but during tax season, my job is to assemble tax returns. I have no flexibility. During those two months leading up to April 15th, I had to have a driver for JR if he was going to continue to work at SWI. SWI ends at three... Everybody else in my household, by this time, Zara is gone to college. You know, our, our work day ends at five. Steve can't. My husband can't leave. I can't leave. We have a transportation problem. So how am I going to solve this? Listening to Susie in the last podcast where the words that really stuck in my mind was the private-public collaboration, how we need it to solve this problem. So right. I thought... I'll hire my own driver. JR doesn't have a waiver. I can't. If I hire support staff, it's on my dime. Don't have much money. How am I going to do this? I went to church. He was just there with his mom. Hey, Gibson, uh, would you like to earn a little bit of money? And I think he was a junior. He may even been a sophomore. I don't remember. Do you have a driver's license? Do you have good insurance? Have you had any accidents? (laughs) And I made the assumption that I could trust him because I found him at church. Didn't really know him or his family. One thing I did right, there's several things that I did wrong, which I may or may not touch on. One thing that I did right was I had him come over to the house. I said, I'll pay you this first time. You need to come over and meet my son. That that way you'll know where we live and you can meet JR. So when Susie talked about the private-public collaboration, it was like, I need to talk to Gibson. And so I asked him. If you could do it over again, what did we do right? What did we do wrong? And one thing that I did wrong was I didn't keep track of the money and the trips well enough. And so at one point, I was shortchanging him. I told him I I really planned it that way to give him a chance to advocate for himself. You know, (laughs) Uh uh He, he, He forgave me for that. And then we came up with the idea, let's give JR the responsibility. So every time... Gibson transported him, you hand the cash over to him. And that was good in one respect. JR needs to do that. He needs to have that responsibility. On the other hand, there have been times he did it with Gibson, and he's even done it like this year when he's had somebody drive him that we've hired 
and we've told them we're going to pay you 15 bucks, which is cheap. Mm -hmm. (laughs) JR didn't hand over the money because he said they didn't ask. Gibson said that, uh, it's one of those little things that you have to fill in the blank. Yeah, that you have to that anticipate. That you just assume that they know and they don't. Yeah, there's a lot of those. Gibson said they would have sometimes arguments over, I mean, nonverbal communication arguments over the radio. J.R. would just reach over, turn the radio off because he didn't like what Gibson had on. I know when I've transported J.R., there have been times, you know, and he will reach over on the, on the steering wheel sometimes the display on the vehicle that, that tells you your the dash, the dashboard, well, on the dashboard, but the readout. And so to clear it, it's on the steering wheel and he'll reach over and, oh, you know, yeah. it's like, JR, you can't do that. No. So Gibson it was, a Gibson was telling you these things? Yeah. Well, this is afterwards. I interviewed him okay. after our last recording. And, and then I went to like, we've hired the neighbor, wonderful lady a retired uh, OT from Springfield Public Schools, and she has transported him on time, you know, and she would do it for nothing. And it's like, no, Karen, we can't do this. We, we have to pay you. JR has to know that this costs. He has service. to pay you. He's never done that with her. Well, Gibson was younger than JR. So you've paid privately most paid of the privately. transportation. Yes, okay. I've had to pay And that's privately. been a challenge. It has been a challenge. And Kara... And Mary have both, you've gone to bat for me on that. And uh, you found some money for me. Mm-hmm. So thank you. Well, oh. maybe we should talk about that, Mary, about SWI oh. and what they have to offer since she's. Oh, were you talking about the trip program through, through Abilities First? Or is that. And SWIFT. Both of them have contributed to our transportation problems. Right. Yeah. Well, then and I, if you have an opening tomorrow, I have a dent. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, you did run into a jam a couple times, and I, I did. I, we were able to, and I you, was able to take Jr. Which, because that's what it takes. I mean, you have to help each other out. You you understand yeah. when a parent's in a jam and what it's like is when you're working, especially now if you were at the spa, that'd be a different story. But yeah, and I think too the trend here too is that this isn't a temporary issue. Right. This is a lifelong issue. Right. So none, you know, unless they're driving right now and and doing well, if they're not, you know, they may not ever. So it's not just parenting 20 or Mm -hmm. early 30 year old, it's 40 and 50. Like they have to go places their whole entire life. That's right. So, um, and like Susie said, it just gets worse as they get older. Right. Because, and I didn't even think of that when she started talking about that. Yeah. You know, they're getting older, they have more appointments and oh, wow. Right. You know, but go ahead, Don. Yeah. One other thing that struck me, um, apps. Like I know for the blind community, there's an app where if they need help, they can like SOS it on an app. And like help with transportation? Is that what you're saying? Well, when I was just, yeah. And I was thinking, I wonder if transportation could be that. If an app could be developed so that, let's say, I, I got Gibson from Hillcrest High School and my church. What if the A-plus program in Springfield Public Schools rounded up some high school students and said, hey, here's a need. Would you be willing to drive one hour a week to help solve the problem? So you've got this ready pool. And I, I'm just thinking. Right. <laughs> 
don't know how it's all gonna. Yeah, it's doing their young drivers or like retired both. people that yeah, they, on, on they tell you to look for, or search for. Yeah. That are really the young drivers do make me a little nervous. I'm they not gonna lie, <laughs> but yeah. no. But if you have to, you have to. Right, but they, <laughs> there could be some good drivers. No, absolutely. No, I've had young drivers too. I think I'll just touch on really quick um, SWI, which is the Springfield Workshop, sometimes known as sheltered workshops. They're around the state or every state you're in. I I would assume they're called the same, maybe not. I volunteer there, sit on a couple boards there, and I'm just going to go over that if you have an adult that works at one of the sheltered workshops, most of them do provide transportation in one way or the other. I know our Marshfield location had a driver, but I think we just got oats out there. But I'm just going to briefly explain that the uh, staff at SWI does help the employees with disabilities that work at the workshop um, with transportation needs. Most of this is within the city limits, sadly. I think we've talked about that, that the, you know, the city bus can drop them off at a bus stop, can only go so far. That's still a problem. It's still an issue that Susie talked about, how she does, what, 45 minutes outside the city. It's just, mm-hmm. sometimes I just feel like that's discrimination. Like, why are you only letting a child with disability or an adult? I still call my son a child. He doesn't like that. They're always our children. They're always bro. our children. Yeah. You know what? Anyway, Valerie has told me that when the employees need assistance with the ride, this is at the sheltered workshop, SWI, um, that they offer some services. For OATS candidates, those needing a door-to-door escort. We look at our OATS bus riders and the route that they live on. Then they have to check to see if there's even room. If the bus is full, they're placed on a waiting list. If there is room, Linda, who's in charge of all the paperwork, she actually helps them fill out all the paperwork and see if they qualify for any financial assistance they might need with that. Our employees, uh, the employees are the ones with disabilities, um, can pay monthly and SWI bills them or has their ride deducted from their paychecks. If they need an access bus, the bus that can accommodate a wheelchair, or if they are blind or hearing impaired, they can use this bus. So access bus tries to keep it with those qualifications. SWI does assist them with how to order their bus ride for a regular pickup, like Tuesday for, you know, just come on Tuesdays or Thursdays or, you know, five days a week. Uh, Then she said SWI then offers them the payroll deduction or she can sell them the proper bus passes too for that service that they can like keep, you know, keep with them. For the integrated city bus, this is also part of the SWIFT program. And the SWIFT program is something we took over for Abilities First. They wanted us to start this program. So this is how the SWIFT program works at SWI. Uh, And Val has told me that first they find their bus route. Then we ride along for two weeks, which is a staff member. We are on the bus at their stop and then ride until they get off. We teach them who on the bus works with them, lives near them, etc. for natural supports. We then evaluate. Can they do this by themselves? Are they comfortable? Are they too comfortable? As in, are they talking to too many strangers, offering yeah. the wrong information that shouldn't be shared on a bus? So they go through that, the social skills of that. Once they pass and we feel they are safe, we arrange to meet them at their bus stop. Then we follow the bus in a car and make sure they get off at the right spot. Then we follow them home or wherever they would like to go, you know, grandma's house or whoever they live with, Mm -hmm. for two more weeks to assure that they are confident in using the bus. Then SWI does continue to sell them bus tickets that fit within their budget 
and spot them now and again if needed. Because That's if, the city bus, right? Yes. Yeah, okay. I like that That if they're short on funding or they don't have the money, SWI will spot them. Is but what that's if you work for SWI. Yes, that's right. what I, yep. yeah, I think I said that, right? Yeah. Yeah. This is all SWI mm-hmm. workshop. They also will retrain them when needed or communicate with the bus service if something is amiss or if something's gone wrong, they will start all over and retrain them. Again, they can pay for passes or they can have them payroll deducted. And I did see the little box and the little... You know, they have it all organized, a little mm-hmm. bus with everyone's names on it and the little tickets they hand out. Swift also offers our Uber-like training so that folks can learn to use a ride service independently. After being referred by Abilities First Support Coordinator, the rider meets with Ginny to set up a rider's schedule. Ginny is one of the staff members at SWI. We look at many factors to give feedback. Before entering the car, do they wait for the driver to say, you know, are you Val, for example, or are you Mary? Right. You know, teach them that. On an Uber ride, you don't ask if they are looking for you and or just get in. You let them ask for which indicates that you called the ride. So on the Uber training, is that anybody can ask through their service coordinator for that? Or is it again it tied is, to I'm the Sorry, SWI. it's for Swift. No, okay. Swift training is for any abilities first any person. Abilities yeah, they don't have person. to work okay. at SWI okay. on the SWIFT program. Okay. So well, yeah, good. anybody could do it. Yeah. yeah. Was a strange, was it stranger appropriate? They just go over the right questions to ask. Were topics discussed generic or did they respond appropriately to questions? Did they understand how to get inside their destination independently? Did they handle delays and or traffic or whatever was on their mind or, you know, like the radio, Don? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Keep your hands to yourself. Right. Was yeah. it stranger danger? If not, we communicate with their supporters to offer feedback. Are they a good candidate to use Uber or Lyft independently? Uh, Val did say there's a lot more to list, uh, as you know, but this is a kind of a basic outline of how they assist their employees and or referrals for transportation training. So I think that's a great program. I'm glad they offer it. Um, Like I said, the Oats bus and the Access bus are for employees only, but the Swift is open to not only their employees, but all clients of Abilities First. That's called the SWIFT program. And the TRIP program is still going on, correct? So who called there? Don, you called Abilities First to see if the TRIP program, which I don't understand this, you know, the TRIP program is something, was a trial program that was still going on. Do you want to explain it, Kara? Or um, do you want me to? Or Yeah, I think you maybe know a little bit more. I can um, talk Don about how too. it was started. Um, yeah, I think we had maybe discussed this a little bit last the last yeah. podcast on how we, you know, were very frustrated and we met with Jen yeah. Jones. Now Kraft. Kraft, yes. sorry. Jen Kraft. And we had love a you, meeting Jan. with her. Yes. And um, met with her and then she went to the board and got some funding. Right. And did a pilot program. So there was about four or five of us that were in there and it was like self-directed. You would hire your own driver and you would pay them by the mileage. And then at the end of the month, you calculated all that up and they would reimburse you with a check. And now Don, do you want to, I know you used it more because my daughter actually um, ended up going home instead of going to work. She ended up um, was sent home to work. So she didn't need that program anymore. So you've used it a little bit more with JR, right? I did. I used it five days a week. Yeah. It was about a 19 miles is what. I put down as for my mileage each mm-hmm. day. Mm-hmm. But when I went to hire like Gibson, 
if I'm paying for his round trip, then there's no payment for the morning. And I mean, that was me. I mean, it was wonderful to get the money. You know, it was like at 55 cents, whatever the IRS reimbursement rate basically is what right. it was. So mm-hmm. I think it's gone up. Well, the, but, right, the trip program, you had to spend at least $5 each way, right? We had to at least yeah, pay I, someone $5. And there, it capped minimum, out at $200. Minimum, yes. And I always, yeah. I mean, I, you know, when you're going 20 miles five days a week. Sure. But this was also out of frustration yeah. with transportation yeah. years ago mm-hmm. when Karen and I just talked to Jan, like, I think we had in our mind, we always saw the nursing home buses that went around and the access. And I thought, why can't abilities first or someone have, why can't we solve this transportation issue? Yeah. This is, you know, Agreed. not all of our kids can ride the bus. It goes back to the covered bus stops. You know, when I would see kids out there and clearly people with disabilities are at that bus stop and it's pouring rain. Mm-hmm. And I thought, really? And I remember carrying umbrellas in my car and handing them out to them because uh, there's just the whole sensory issue. You know, my son wouldn't stand out in the rain waiting for a bus. And why that, should he? Why should he? Exactly. Yeah. That's not even okay. So we went to Jan and she's such a good listener. And so that's how that trip program started as a trial program. I think we only had five parents. I think it's still going, but I'd like to get an update on that. And we'll put that update on our website and on our blog. Oh, yes. Yes. So that's the trip program. But the SWIFT program is good too. If any of you are Abilities First clients and you don't have to work at the workshop, but if you need training on how to use transportation, that is an option there. And it's SWIFT and you can call the Springfield workshop and I don't have their phone number right in front of me, but we'll put it on our website and on our blog. Well, and I know we talked about OATS earlier, you know, with SWI. I did make a phone call to OATS and gathered some information. And they're also another really good resource. And I think that they have, they service 17 counties in this area. And you can go from county to county. I've got some pricing here, but I don't know if I can read my scribbles. Sorry, guys. <laughs> okay. So make a phone call to them and they she should be able to um, walk you through it. They provide medical transportation and also non-medical. I think medical transportation requires two days notice and then non-medical is two weeks notice, Mm, if at all possible. Mm. And in town, um, transportation, I think is $4. And I think it it depends too, because Chase did use um, oats for like a week. I was out of town and as I were out of town and he had the summer work program and he was working at the zoo, which is like two miles from our house. And we had to pull it together real quick. And it did, we did pay $11 one way. $11 so, one way, okay. But if we had done it sooner, his waiver actually would have paid for it. So yeah. there's a lot of put in before. And so I don't know if that was the last minute, let's squeeze him on the yeah. bus because mom's desperate fee, mm-hmm. you know, or if that was because it was to a specific spot rather than, to the grocery store, to the mall, you know, a regular stop. So I'm sure that probably impacts what it costs too. Would you say, Elizabeth, that, so today I had Zachary's annual, you know, meeting for his budget and stuff. So that would be something if I anticipated as a parent needing help with, if I have a kid with a waiver, right, that Mm -hmm. I should probably tell my service coordinator Mm -hmm. that we may need some units for transportation. Yes, Mm -hmm. because we Mm -hmm. we just couldn't pull it together fast enough. And And she actually recommended that on the phone that you really need to have your support coordinator make a referral. Yeah. And so, yeah, the first day he did it, um, his support staff, which is his sister, she had gone to the zoo with him in the morning. He did have a family 
remember take him. And so she rode the oats bus back with him, gotcha. no, no yeah. charge as a staff for the first day yeah. to make sure yeah. he was okay with getting on and everything. That's but you know what? Awesome. If you took an yeah, Uber, that'd be $25, oh. if not 30 And they I, Plus tip. So $11 isn't quite so bad with it being last minute. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They And they worked hard. I mean, I was. they were like, we're going to try everything we can to get it done. And they pulled it off. Oh, I good. was so, so pleased. And yeah, you're exactly right, Kara, for for eleven dollars, and you, you know what else? I couldn't call. I couldn't call in an Uber. He wouldn't get in the car with a stranger, yeah. right? Well, you know? there's probably training. Like I would think. I mean, I would feel more confident in the oats process because that's their job. Like surely they've had some specialized training. Mm-hmm. Where with Uber, you don't you don't know who you're going to get. And I mean, if they're even comfortable with somebody with a disability, because we know not everyone is. So, is there an aid on the oats bus? An age? An, an aid. I don't know if there's an aid on the bus. I know the I'm bus sure. driver is very knowledgeable. Yes. Yeah. I'll check on that. Yeah, I don't I don't I don't think so. Or you if can't any of take you, your own aids, but I yeah, I'm yeah, I not hundred percent sure. But we can check on that or if any of you listeners want to email us at what's your email address, Tara, again? Moms at is it <laughs> is it sorry. Put Tara on the spot there. Moms well, listen, I think at, we should know that actually. Yes. Um Moms at navigatingadultautism.com. Yeah. I mean, I'd be curious to see what other states offer in transportation. So if you want to email us, just because we've always networked and seems like we've always tried to come up with solutions. So I'd be curious if you want to email us in other states, what kind of disability transportation you have, that would be great. I think the, the advice would be just, you have and, to ask. I mean, it feels like we've all traveled, like feels like we're the first people on the road asking, but you know, for me, I didn't even know I could ask. We we live outside of the, you know, we live in Christian County, but mm-hmm. didn't even think to know, is there something specific other than the Oats bus, right? That even, you know, work like so, meeting Susie was definitely an eye-opening experience. Yes, absolutely. That was so, great information for yeah, her. Yeah. For sure. For sure. Well, another really good resource is called MoRide. Is it MoRide.com? And on that website, with MoRides, yeah, .com, and it's got a list like um, Susie from last mm-hmm. podcast. She's on there. Okay. She's one of the first ones because ability. Remember, we talked about that age. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and then um, and then it goes through and it talk, and they have oats and it has all their websites and their their oh, contacts. And we will also have that on our website. Oh, that's great information. And blog, another resource. Because yeah, one thing you want to look at, too, is, you know, finding out what are your funding sources? So, you know, does does your loved one have some type of Medicaid? You know, there's non-emergency medical transport for those medical appointments. Um, but each each plan, each type covers something different. So really get in there and ask, is there, you know, can I, some of that um, the non-emergency medical transport is where you can get gas refunded. So if I need to take somebody up to a specialist in St. Louis, you know, then I can get reimbursed that. And sometimes it's overnight it stays. And so there's wow. some, some different, um, different funding sources as well as the waiver looking in, yeah. you know, what, what is there for that waiver. And I know with using the self-directed staff, there is not mileage that our, um, that our employees are paid, but we can pay them a higher wage 
to help to cover that. So when we, we set that wage, then we kind of think, well, you know, how much driving are they going to be doing? You know, are they going to be mostly at home or, or are most of the goals community-based, home mm-hmm. and community-based, mm-hmm. which most of them are, are going to be. So then you build that into their wage, too. I'll be darned. That's some Elizabeth, that's good. Yeah. Did we explain waiver before in our other podcast? Did we... Do you want to briefly talk think, about it? I don't. I want, think we have in the transitions. We did. Okay. Mm-hmm. Which is yeah. okay. Mm-hmm. okay. Oh yes, we did already. But really, yeah, just asking those that that work that whether it's your service person is through the Department of Mental Health or another state, it's going to be Department of Health and Senior Services. But asking about is there funding um, here in Missouri and other you know a number of other states? I don't know if it's in every state. It's called a waiver, and it is okay. money that you can your loved one can qualify for depending on you have to apply for it. Not everybody automatically gets it. It's based on needs and supports that they do have. So um, yeah, be asking questions, yeah, be vigilant. asking questions yeah. because sometimes it's not, it's not brought up. If you're not communicating with your support coordinator, caseworker, whatever you call it in your area, you're not letting them know, you know, sometimes we go into those meetings and we put on a smiley face and they don't know that we're struggling with transportation they're, they're hearing all the great things about this possibility of a job, and they're not understanding that you have no way to get your child there. Right. Yes. I mean, I don't know what I do without my in-laws helping me. My husband helps me. You know, now that I'm retired, it's much easier. But, yeah, I was in the same boat as everybody else. Just how do I get them there? Who can pick them up? And, you know, listen, a lot of them don't have a big friend group that you carpool right. with a lot of moms. Like a lot of, yeah. you know, typical kids have that option. Oh, they're going with the Joneses or, you know, whatever. Right. But, um, Tara, you did bring up a good point about Hannah. Remember, uh, her extra income that she's making. Um, did you want to touch on that with transportation? Oh, right. No. no? Remind me what I'm talking okay. about. <laughs> Doesn't Hannah have a new job that she's helped that she's yeah, Hannah, driving? Well, Hannah is actually a, a direct support. She's person. a DSP. Yeah. Isn't she? That's yeah. what I meant. Yes. Yeah, with, I'm sorry. With my, um, with my brother-in-law. Well, you're saying it's good money. I was just yeah. thinking that oh, yeah. for other people yeah. or other listeners that might have kids or relatives, that's, okay. I think that's yeah. interesting information. Yeah. So Hannah's my daughter um, and she goes to Missouri State and she was working at Starbucks and uh, my brother-in-law, my mother-in-law first said um, that she was having a hard time finding support staff for my brother-in-law who who's in a wheelchair and has cerebral palsy and autism. My mother-in-law thought... Hannah could probably make really good money at this. And uh, should I say how much she's yes, making? Yes, I think you should. Oh my gosh, she's making <laughs> I, a lot of money. She's making, I think, $31 <laughs> an hour working with her uncle as uh, his direct support staff. And she does, my father-in-law puts him in her Jeep. <laughs> okay. And um, a couple times... She's been on duty working when we have family dinners. So she, they, they all come out here and he rides with her in her Jeep. And then my father-in-law then meets us, comes here and then takes him out. But oh, wow. um, she doesn't drive as much with him. Um, but um, they were having such a hard time finding staff. Exactly. And so I think that they're just paying so much, so much better as a direct. And direct but her being family, you yeah. know, that's... Oh, my gosh. A direct support. She's a direct support. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he loves her. I mean, when she was a little girl, I think he's 30, maybe 30 now, when 
she was a little girl. She's 21. When she was a little girl, he would push her around on his lap in the wheelchair. He, she just loved it. And, you know, they've been really close um, their whole life. And, and he just loves her to death. He's, he's nonverbal. So he, she has learned to pretty much know exactly what he wants now. And, and I think we all do pretty much now, but Mm -hmm. she, uh, my mother-in-law had a very hard time because she, um, was the only one who could attend to his needs. Mm-hmm. And um, and now with really good support staff, they can help her. Right. So, yeah, right. she's getting a very good wage. So if you are interested in being a direct support Yes, that's what I wanted staff, you to say because yeah. that's... I know some people at the yeah. table have had trouble finding staff. Um, and, these, and Hannah is going to be a teacher in a couple of years. And... Um, she actually is having a little bit of a crisis because she probably makes more now as a support staff than she as will teacher. as a teacher. Mm-hmm. So wow. she's like, should I even, you know, maybe, maybe yeah. I need to take a maybe break. Maybe I need to rethink this. I was like, please don't do that. Please don't do this. But yeah. I think that's great information. Yeah. I mean, I, and for a lot of, we all need support staff and I think. And it's meaningful it, work. It is I mean, meaningful I've, work. You're right. And, the, and it pays the, well. Yeah. The apparently. wage for yeah. DSP, because we use a provider, so we don't have the direct care um situation but they they have also gotten paid more like i know there's legislation and stuff that we've been working hard to make sure those people are getting paid because it's a hard job Mm -hmm. but very meaningful and i think very rewarding right so um and i probably there's a lot of people that don't even know that is a job that's exactly right that's right yeah in the last few years um we've gone from just paying uh, paying those direct care those direct support people just pennies over, you know, minimum yeah. wage. But now, and then we were just really having such a hard time finding anybody to work. Yeah. And so there's been a lot of legislation. How how do we get it to be where it's a more competitive wage? And yeah, yeah it was. And really a career. And and that's yeah. exactly yes, it. That's what we're now, hoping for, right? Now these are career wages because yeah. they have they have gone up um, because you you have somebody's life. In your hands, yeah, and well you're driving being. them around, right? You're doing, you know, right. these things, and it is, right. it is meaningful. Um, yeah. And so, you know, and families pay taxes. You know, we've all put into this system, and it's really interesting because, you know, and when you start to think out of the box a little bit, then you start to find some of these things out. I know this last last, I don't, it's not even been two weeks, but I, a woman posted, you know. We're, we're struggling. Um, we, you know, my husband's in the hospital. We need transportation. Mm-hmm. You know, her husband is in the hospital, and that was her number one need. Um, unfortunately, wow. he passed. Yeah. And and now, you know, we, it's just, you know, it, when, when families with, you know, significant disabilities, you know, and all these pieces that go together that we're talking about, her mind should be somewhere else right now, but she's having to think about transportation. Right. I think it's survival okay. mode, don't you think? Mm-hmm. I mean, you have to go back to the basics of life, the the clothes, the shelter, the getting right. places. Right. You don't get to worry about the fun things or even the hard things that you would like to spend time, right, you know, right. kind of working you through. Know, but right. you have to get those basic needs met first, and transportation is certainly one of them. Mm-hmm. Right, right. I did. I wanted to mention one other thing. I know that I've mentioned this before, but um, my son Zion has a driver's license, yeah. and he actually has. He's a really good driver. He doesn't have great social skills, 
but he actually has driven other people with disabilities to their job. I love that. Because, I love that yeah, so because much. he's really good at it. So, I mean, that's, that's awesome. another whole avenue of, um, yeah. of someone you can might, you might be able to find. Oh awesome. my gosh. Yeah. I'd have, I might have to use him for yeah. my son. He that probably, would be, probably would enjoy it. Yeah. Cause I, I think, mean, he ahead. does work now, so it's not as often, but right. um, we have one family that they go out of town and their adult son works at Hy-Vee as well and needs um, transportation to his job. And he's, he's, he's done it at least six or Has he really? six times when they've gone out for like two or three days. Awesome. That's great. That just yeah. goes to show you what, how needed it is. Mm-hmm. It, it's yeah. so mm-hmm. needed. It's such an issue. And I mean, I know with my son, we drive him everywhere and my in-laws, like I mentioned, but we use the yellow cab the one time and, you know, one time they just said, oh, they, you know, named him. Oh, we know him. And I said, okay. But then he wanted to stop using them, I think, because maybe not yellow cab, maybe it was another cab company. Um, he really liked the guy. He talked too much. I saw the guy talk oh, too much. Yeah. Isn't that the pot called the kettle black? But I said, okay, I don't, I don't really like what he talks about, so I don't want to use that you know, anymore. I said, well, anyway, I talked to him about it. Like sometimes we don't have options. Sometimes we have to use and do things we don't want to do. So, but yeah, it's always an issue and it's something I feel, I don't care. And we all feel strongly about it, but I think Karen, I feel like we've just been battling this for years and um, I think it's getting better baby steps, but sometimes we get really tired of the baby steps uh, with transportation. And I think more people need to know about it in higher places and powerful places. Um, it is an issue and it needs to be fixed. And Elizabeth, were you going to say something? Yeah, Sorry. I just, I'm, I'm so glad that, you know, that we're talking about this because I think, you know, families probably are relying on just who's within their home or right. grandparents. And I think, you know, you guys are an example of, you know, making a difference and making a change. And I think if we all think out of the box and we all start thinking, well, how can we do this? Uh, there's such a big push for inclusion, but how, you know, how can we talk inclusion? Make it successful. Exactly, Don. Right. I mean, how, yeah, how is it going to happen if we can't get them there? Right. Yep. Right. That's a perfectly way to end. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm going to shoot it over to you, Tara. Okay. You can contact us at moms at navigating autism, adult autism.com. You can search for our podcast on Spotify and Apple and on our website, navigatingadultautism.com. And we now have an Instagram account, which is Navigating Adult Autism Podcast. And our Facebook page is Navigating Adult Autism Podcast as well. So Perfect. Thank See you. See you later. <laughs> <laughs>